0: It's so good to be here today, so good to be back in the saddle, so to speak. <laughs> so good to be back with God's people and I've missed you very much. I, I have to say, of course, that the last time I was here, we were told that our dad would be coming home in the next couple of days, but he went to a different home. He's in his permanent home, never to be ill again, never to worry again, and to be with his Savior for the rest of eternity. And you know, we're so sad at his passing this morning when I came into the church. He would say, Now, Debbie, you need to lock this door until I get here, but when I come, it's okay to unlock the door. And he, will, he would always unlock the back door, or the front door, actually, the front door. I miss that very much this morning. But what a merciful God we serve that he did not suffer. And I'm so thankful. Just a couple of days were very tough. So. And I also just want to say thank you to all of you for your love, your food, your cards, your calls your text, I appreciate every bit of it, and so does my family. And as you know, Daddy's service will be on Friday. That starts at noon, and then the service will follow about one o'clock, and everyone is invited. I have a, a message. Burning on my heart. I hope I can get through it, I really do. I can't tell you that I have all the answers because I don't, but I have the message, and I hope we can hear it. I hope our ears and our hearts can hear it this morning, and we're going to be reading out of 2 Samuel chapter 5. If you want to turn there, I'm going to lay a little bit of background and history before we get to the message part. And I just want to invite the Lord. He's here this morning already. I felt him the minute I walked through the door. I have felt him for the last three or four weeks by myself. I haven't played the piano in four weeks. I counted back. It's been four weeks since I played the piano. And I just sat down and it was such a blessing to feel the presence of the Lord. And I just ask him to bless this message that he gave me today. For his glory in Jesus' name. So our story begins in chapter five of Second Samuel, when David was anointed king over all of Israel. And at the time Israel was split. So there was Judah and then Israel. But David was anointed king over the united kingdom. And the scripture says that he was 30 years old when he began to reign and that he perceived that he was the anointed king and that he reigned for 40 years. But there was a problem in the land because it was still inhabited by the Jebusites, and you may recall, Jebus or Jebus was one of the great grandsons of Abraham. He was Canaan's son. And it's interesting that the first name of the city of Jerusalem was actually named after Jebus. And he was that descendant of uh, Abraham. It's also interesting that in God's promise to the children of Israel, God promised them the promised land. He said, I will give you this land. But he said, this is one of the tribes that you must drive out, the Jebusites, from the land and that you must fully destroy them. So the Jebusites were a mountain dwelling people and they had a great propensity to war. They were warmongers. And they considered that the land that they occupied was their own, and it was their stronghold. So when David moved into Jerusalem as king, changed the name of the city to Jerusalem, and also the city of David, the Jebusites began to taunt him, saying, You can't come in here. For our lame and our blind are much stronger than you, and they will drive you out of here. Well, as you know, history bears out that David did take the city. He did rename it Jerusalem and the city of David. And it was built on five heights that gave them strategic uh, advantage. The heights were The mountains were Accra, Bezetha, Moriah, Ophel, and Zion. All of those places were where Jerusalem sat atop. So Jerusalem, the city of Zion, and the city of David are all the same, taken from the Jebusites as God had commanded them to do. And verse 10 tells us that David dwelt in the fort of the city, and he went on, and grew great and that the Lord God of hosts was with him so as David grew in the kingdom and in his kingly stature the bible says that the nearby king hiram the king of tyre funded the building and provided the labor to build david a great house and that david took wives and concubines from jerusalem and many sons were born to him there. But when the Philistines, those giants, heard that Israel had anointed David as king, all of Israel came to seek David to kill him. But David heard of it and went to the hold of the fort for safety Verse 19 tells us, And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Will thou deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said unto David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thy hand. Well, the commentary points out that David went to the high priest Abiathar, or Abiathar, I'm not sure exactly the pronunciation, and inquired of him using the Urim and the Thummim if you remember the stones that were in the lapel of the priest's garment Urim and Thummim and each question that was presented was answered yes, go up before the Philistines yes, I will deliver them into your hand well verse 20 tells about that victory and David came to Baal-perazim, and David smote them there and said, The Lord hath broken forth upon my enemies before me as a breach of waters. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal-perazim, and there they left their images, and David and his men burned them. And this is where our message picks up. For today. So the pursuant giant Philistines doubled down. They regrouped, they regathered, they got more uh, army men to go back to Jerusalem, and this time they were going to do the job and destroy David and take the city. Verse 23. When David went back to Abiathar the priest and inquired of the Lord with the Urim and the Thummim again, God had a different answer. Verse 23 says And David inquired of the Lord, and he said, Thou shalt not go up, but thou shalt fetch a compass behind them, behind the enemy, and come upon them over against the mulberry trees, and let it be, when thou hearest the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that then thou shalt bestir thyself, for then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines." And David did so as the Lord commanded him and smote the Philistines from Geba unto Gezer. And I read that that was a 35-mile area that David pursued and slaughtered the Philistines. Now, there are very different strategies here. The first time David went up, To Abiathar, the king of the priest, he said, Shall I go up? Yes, you shall go face to face against this giant, and I will deliver them into your hand. But the second time, God had a different answer. He said, No, you're to turn your back to the enemy, and you're to go around behind them and form a compass or a shield. Behind them. And you're not to move until you hear the sound of what's stated in the Bible as a going in the top of the mulberry trees. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. First Chronicles 14.14 14 tells this very same story just a little bit differently. There David inquired again of God and God said unto him, go not up after them no but turn you away from them and come up over them against the mulberry trees and it shall be when thou shalt hear a sound the sound of going in the tops of the mulberry trees then thou shalt go out to the battle and god is gone forth before thee then to smite the host of the Philistines. And David did as God commanded him, and they smote the host of the Philistines from Gibeon even to Gazer, that same 35-mile period. So even when God, or excuse me, when David obeyed God's command to go behind the army this time, God said, do not move. Do not attack until you hear the sound in the tops of the mulberry trees. What was the sound? Oh, God has such a strategy that we know nothing about. The sound was the mighty marching host of an army that didn't exist God created it by angelic being. He even included the pounding of the horse's hooves on the ground. So when the mulberry tree started rustling around, the sound that the enemy heard was the army marching and the horses moving forward. Oh, goodness, that just lights by fire this morning otherwise a sure slaughter for the israelites but god had a sound oh thank you lord so the enemy convinced that israel had enlisted every other army around to fight against them panicked and fled away from the marching army in the tops of the mulberry trees. And the Bible says again that they were pursued for that 35 miles and killed. So, what is God telling us today? I'm telling you this is alive in my spirit this morning. What is God telling us today? Number one, we do not need to be afraid of the enemy. We need to pray. We need to seek the word of God for this minute, for this enemy, for this time. And even if God changes his instructions, it will be correct. It will be for our benefit. It will be for our salvation. Our redemption because he loves us God had a stand of trees mulberry trees were extremely important in this area they provided shade they provided wood and they provided fruit and God had a stand of mulberry trees already grown already in place already prepared for him to use to create the going the sound in the tops of those trees he created the distraction he created the noise he created the confusion in the enemy when we look around us today We may only see giants. We may only see defeat. <laughs> we may only see overwhelming odds against us. Oh, but we have to be careful to wait upon the Lord. Again, have we already? Of course we have. But every battle has a new strategy from the Lord and this time he may be saying turn your back on the enemy don't go face forward get behind and when you hear the sound in the trees then you stir yourself up then is when you move because I will have gone before you We all face different giants. Some are real, some are very real. Some of them may be of our own making even. But don't you know, God has a strategy. He has a plan that will carry you through the battle. Are you listening for the sound this morning? I've prayed all week, oh God. I want to hear that sound. I want to know when it's the moment in time. The Bible didn't tell them, take right on off and go. It said you wait to hear the sound. God's plan includes his strategy for us. Two, David still had to pursue the army. They were confounded and scared and fled, but he still had a job to do to pursue them because God said you will destroy them and get rid of them off the face of the earth. So he had to be ready. He had to be prepared. He had to be in the right place at the right time and then he was to stir himself up. I believe that our country, our world, our state has endured horrible things at the hands of evil, wicked men. The church was silenced through much of it the last two years, yet we prayed and God has brought us to this point now. we pr- repented of our country's sins as well as our own sins. But just like David went back again, we don't stop praying for now. And I prayed this week, oh God, it's kind of hard to pray when you're sick. You don't feel too Victorious, you don't feel too, you know. I'm going to conquer the world. (sighs) Excuse me. When you've been sick. And I'm sure that's a time that the enemy uses. But I'm going to tell you something God is not through moving, He is not through with strategy. He is not through with America, and he is not through with this church. I know what it takes to hear from the Lord. I know that it takes shutting out other sounds, other influences, other, even other ministries, other people, and getting on my face before him so that I can clearly hear the sound that may be rustling in the mulberry trees. This is not a challenge. This is not a criticism. Believe me, this is not a chiding of the church for not praying enough for any such thing. It's an encouragement not to give up going back again, not to give up because you think, well, he already told me this and nothing happened. What am I gonna do now? No, there is strategy in God, and it's our job to listen and pay attention until we hear it, and that's the message this morning. Would you stand with me, please? Oh, Jesus. Lord, more than anything, we need to hear the sounds. We need to be in the right place, Lord, waiting and positioned according to your word and into your your instruction so that when we we hear that sound, oh, Lord, Lord, Then your word said to stir up our spirit within us and be ready to move. Oh, God, position us in that place this morning in your spirit. Oh, Lord, this is not a physical battle. Of course, this is a spiritual battle that we fight. And we ask, oh, God, that we are equipped in your spirit, Lord, to hear your sound and be able to stir our hearts at the right time. Oh Lord, give us the confidence to come back again and again, no matter how much, how many times it takes us, Lord, to hear the sound and to shut out every distraction so that we can hear your voice clearly. Oh, thank you for birthing this message, Lord, Thank you for igniting it, Lord, and giving me a hunger and a desire more than ever to hear the sounds, Lord. The rustling of the mulberry trees, for then the move is on. Oh, Lord, we ask your blessing upon the church today. We ask your anointing power and the plead the blood of Jesus over every life. We ask, Lord, for your shed blood to provide that barrier of protection around each one. And I thank you, Lord, for the saints in glory that are rejoicing today for one who's come home to be with you eternally. And we ask your blessings upon the services this week, Lord, in our remembrance of my dad. In Jesus' name, amen and amen oh thank you Lord we thank you for your sounds thank you Jesus the scripture doesn't tell directly what the sound was I had to look it up and research it out But history bears it out that it was the marching army and it was the horses pounding hooves on the ground that confounded and scared the enemy. God can use anything and he already had the trees right there prepared. Look for the trees and listen for the sounds as you go through your week. God bless you.